From the Good Night Scholars program at NC State University, I'm Anthony Olaya Wright, and this is Have a Good Night. On today's episode, I sit down with Manny and Kojo and talk about their study abroad experience in Seoul, Korea, sneakers, quarantine, and one-star Google reviews, seeking funding, and the difficulties of being different in a new environment. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Uh, okay, since y'all both like sneakers, I'm just going to start with this question. Uh, favorite pair of sneakers? Ooh. That I own or that I was like a grail that I wish I had? Maybe like one that you wish that you could have as well. Okay. Okay. Uh, you want to go first, Manny, or me? You go you know, first. I, I got to. I'll just, okay. I'll just go ahead and like grab mine, I guess. Yeah. We have, the, we have the shoe rack um, out in the, the hall. Green. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, personal favorite pair that I own right here, the black Crimson 10 Air Jordan 1s, pretty clean, They're like pink and black, kind of a hard color to wear, but it's like, it's unique, you know, who wouldn't like this? Yeah. Uh, personal pair that I want, um, it's between Off-White Jordan 4 Sales or Off-White Jordan 1 Chicago's, Yeah. which like, I'll never get because they're like $4,000. What's crazy about the uh, the Jordan sale joints is that uh, I remember the day that those like dropped on like the sneaker app for like a uh, raffle and one of my friends yeah. got them. And I was like, you're insane. Like, I like, how does one, how does one land that? Like, you know, and that's the only thing that keeps on the sneaker app. Cause I'm like, this happens right. like for someone. And it was crazy. I don't know. I feel like all it does is demoralize you though. Just L yeah, after L. It's really L after L. What about you, Manny? Um, personal that I own, the Fire Red 4s. It's just such a clean shoe. Um, I actually got that in store, no raffle or anything. We hit up we hit up a mall in Charlotte, and we went to just random Jimmy Jazz, and they were just there. I was like, ain't no way. Ain't no way. Um, the, it, was a si- it was a half size too small, but I still got it. Like, there, there's no way I'm not copying that. Um, I don't know if you've seen, like, the aging trend on, like, sneakers, especially, like, white sneakers. Um, I had seen the Fire Red Four like for a bit, just on that trend, and like that really got me hooked on that shoe. So honestly, I was I was I was ecstatic when when I was able to get that. And then um, I got to shout out Kojo, um, real one, him and Joseph, one of my also closest friends. They partnered up for my birthday, and uh, they got me the Yeezys, the Wave Runners. Oh my god, dude, just insane. That that was my was my holy grail before and i thought i was like i'm never getting my hands on these but yeah you know crazy shout out kojo shout out joseph and bro love that i love when people like plug their friends um there was a uh i don't even know what they're called like they're not called taxis but like there was a recent like jordan 4 that dropped that was like yellow and black y'all know what i'm Hmm. talking about the lightning Uh, i think lightning yes yes yes. um i had like a like uh the night the, the sneaker app like pre-release like mm. access to them and stuff but like i didn't want them slot one because like i didn't have the money just for like those shoes at the time i'm like i can be spending this elsewhere you know like folks have a baby gotta reprioritize mm-hmm. like where money mm-hmm. goes um but i hit up my guy i was like hey like you like shoes like do you want these he's like bro yes single link i'm gonna have to add you to that rotation of like hey i don't want these do y'all want them for uh, real, because I heard because we weren't at the all good night meeting, but Roman just hits us in the chat. He's like, "Yo, Anthony got the the para dunks on." I'm like, "Ain't no way, for real, <laughs> Ain't no way." Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, gotta gotta keep a repertoire, but 
Cool. Uh, thank you all for joining us for the Have a Good Night podcast. Um, you know, ask good night scholars and, you know, just good human beings. We're like, and, you know, we had to get y'all both on. You know, I feel like you are, you're not a package deal, but I feel like it's it's a package deal at the same time. Um, yeah. You know, from your work as ambassadors and all this other stuff, like it's always great. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of people think me and Manny are package deals, but uh, I mean, it, it just really ends up happening. Cause like we're on the same vibe, yeah. Yeah, it's mostly like in the sphere of good night because Kojo has been my boy because of good night. Um, mm. so whenever we do good night stuff, it's always me and him, but like outside, we outside of the good night, it's like we live very separate, for real, very, very different lives, but okay, still, still on a vibe. Um, Kojo, talk to us about how you got into the good night scholars program. Where were you prior to joining us? Okay, so um, in high school, I went to a little-known school known as Sugar Creek Charter uh, in Charlotte. Probably definitely never heard of that. I was doing well enough in like my work and stuff, but um, there were two seniors before me that ended up coming here, and I was already interested in like coming to NC State. And they came here. Um, they had all their financials like paid for because they got like the back promise, and I'm like, that's dope and all. Of course, like you go to school for free, you might as well do it one way or another. But I came in and I'm like, I'm trying to get something like mayor base, like get in there because I did well enough, like get a floor because I did well enough. So in like summer of my junior year, went to Gov school and like that's where I went, met Manny and everything. Um, and they had a college fair, they had the NC State one there, and then there was a there was like a good night table like right next to it. And I just went up and talked to them like you know there's folks around doing and stuff, and I'm just this is obvious for me, like this is what I'm gonna do. So. Start, uh, fall rolls around, I'm like, well, I'm just gonna go for it. And I went for it, and I'm here now, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, Manny, what about you? Yeah, kind of on the same same vibe as Kojo with the high school. I think my graduating class had like 63 people. Um, it's an early college down in Sampson County. So when I graduated from there, I had my associates actually in arts and sciences. So I was, I was thinking about what I wanted to do with that, and I knew that, that I was really good at STEM and stuff like that. So in that time, at the like taking dual enrolled classes at the community college, I worked my way up like to finishing Calc 3 because um, I was like, I might as well do STEM, like I'm good at it. And then from there, I was just looking at schools that I, I wanted to get into. I started thinking about my major and I applied, you know, to the big ones. I applied to Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech and NC State. And in the end, um, you know, Goodnight hit me up with the invitation. And they were like, yeah, you should you should apply. And I did that and went through the interview process. And just from the start, like I've, I've always said, like from day one, from interview day, I just felt really welcomed. And in the end, since I ended up getting the scholarship, it was like everything lined up. It's like in state, not too far from my house. I live like an hour 10 um, towards Wilmington. Um, so I have my family pretty close to me. It's a great school for engineering. No one can doubt that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting my college paid for with some exceptional programming. So that's kind of how I'm here. And I guess some steps after that, um, me and Kojo both doing the, the whole ambassador thing, trying to give back, um, just in general. I say y'all were just, uh, what was that Asheville? Yeah. Yeah, we were. Seen, uh, y'all had a little Instagram shout out. I was like, oh, like. Go hard, talking to football players or whatever else. I was like, these guys. Yeah, that guy was huge. Um, he was I, didn't massive, even, bro. I didn't even know that the that the counselor was taking a picture, but that was pretty hype. Um, we we got put up there on the on the story. I like to see that. 
And there's also a, a, a picture that is kind of like always used in the lounge. Like it's infamous for like YouTube because you're standing next to each other at interview day. Kojo has like this dead serious face. And we just kind of like attention. Like I was like, oh, these boys are, these boys are focused. Like they're paying attention and trying to make sure they get this scholarship money. And I feel that a hundred percent. Yeah, no, I was, I was out to get it that day. I was feeling myself. I'll be honest. Yeah, I was expecting to come in to like interview day, just like nervous and not prepped. But like I got there, and I'm like, this is so free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're just gonna do it and and call it a day. Like especially since we were we we're a group A, so we're the very first ones to do the interviews. So we just got out the way, and it was just casual. I was chilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one thing uh, for folks listening who are prospective students. Like our interview day, like you have the 30 minute interview, but like after that, like we really just want to expose you to life at NC State, the Good Night Scholarship Program and stuff like that. Um, in comparison to other scholarship interviews and stuff like that, I know it can be a little bit more stressful. Um, and like, granted, it is stressful within itself because like, you know, you're interviewing for free like schooling, which is, you know, a big deal. Pretty um, big we're deal. really trying to make this as, uh, as chill as possible. So, Manny, uh, you mentioned engineering. Um, explain to us just like what. Um, what type of engineering you're interested in and just like, where do you want to, where do you want to go with that? Right. So I'm majoring in environmental engineering. Um, that's kind of a choice I made really late on. Honestly, I was one of the, one of those kids like in high school, like it was, it was, it was senior year and, and my family members would ask me like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to major? And I'm like, ah, I'm just, I just want to go to school, man. I'm good at school, but yeah, I mean, we st- we just started talking, and it's been it's always been a passion and an interest um, for me, just sustainability and the environment. Um, I know it, it kind of started like as a kid with all the recycling stuff. I, I was like kind of crazy organized about that in my house, and I think at this point we recycle more than than we have waste. Um, so that's that's pretty cool um, at my house. So I was like, I looked at the list of good night, you know, the fifty plus majors. And there's all these environmental stuff. And it's like, I could do environmental science or environmental engineering. Um, but at the end of the day, like environmental scientists, they they work on understanding. They work on researching. But environmental engineering, I felt like I would, I would have more of a role in providing those solutions um, to play a role in that field. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now um, on the path to, to those sustainable and tangible solutions and going forward um i'm keeping my options open um right now i have an interview for a summer internship here in raleigh at a at a civil and environmental engineering firm um i definitely want to work um with ngos at some point that's that's a big part of my of my core values um just giving back to communities so right now we'll see we'll see where where it takes me that's awesome, man. We need, uh, especially the way that the world is going, we need right. <laughs> we need some tangible results like ASAP. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We need some solutions that's really going to to drive us home because, uh, not going to lie to you, like a player is nervous. You know what I'm saying? About right. uh, yeah. well, what this is going to look like. Um, what about you, Kojo? What's your major and where do you want to go with it? Um, I'm majoring in computer engineering. Uh, this really all started when like, I was a kid, uh, seeing that we're, I'm an immigrant, we're from Togo. And uh, my parents are just old, so when it comes to all the tech stuff, they're pretty, they're pretty bad. So like, it was on me as a kid to like, pretty much figure everything out. Because even though my brothers were there and they were older than me, they'd just be like, nah, I don't feel like it. So it, it always ended up on me. 
So there's little me like in the back of a printer, just messing around wires and stuff like that and just doing whatever. And I just magically got stuff to work. So I doing that as a kid uh, and growing up, I just kept doing it. I was just really just so interested in it. I'm like, how does this work? Like, it, it just works one way or another. It just works. So definitely coming into high school, I was looking at like, I definitely wanted computer engineering because, um, well, that's that's the kind of stuff I get to work on, like all the electronics, the wiring, stuff like that that goes into um, that goes into the devices we use. And uh, well, of course, computer engineering is like programming and all the hardware stuff like that. And of course, my parents still being botted. I was the one on the computer, like mess with all the stuff just to make it work. So just seeing how both those things work together, I was like, computer engineering, this is definitely for me. And this is what I'm coming, uh, coming to call to do. So um, where I really want to end up is I want to do, I want to be more focused on the hardware, of course. Um, and I kind of do want to focus on like R&D developing and stuff like that. So uh, companies I'm like really interested in are like Intel, AMD, like these, these companies that create like the chips and stuff like that we use in our computers. Because like looking forward, technology, pretty much rules the world at this point. And it's gonna, it's pretty much what we're gonna be focused around like going into the future. So that's honestly where we wanna be putting like a lot of my folks into to see like what I can provide going into the future. That's real. Um, also, I really enjoy when people like, like people would be like, oh, like, why are you in engineering? And you'd be like, oh, you know, like, I like math and science, like that's cool, but like they don't have necessarily like a story behind it, right? Or just like some real like, like to your core, like this is the stuff that I'm interested in, and like like this, I want to use that. I feel like both of y'all have that, and that's that's really awesome. Do y'all are y'all big fans of like the Matrix? Have you seen the Matrix series or trilogy? Uh, no. I've seen the first one, of course, just the Matrix. Y'all never seen the Matrix? No, that's crazy. Actually, I, I I always like I'm always like I gotta watch the Matrix. Like it's, it's iconic, but I just never. I'm I'm not a big movie guy. I'll, I'll preface with that. I, okay. I've seen a very limited amount of movies. Not that I don't like movies. It's just like. For some reason, I, I just I never grew up with it, um, and now with Netflix and everything, it's like shows, shows, shows. So yeah. I, I recommend because uh, the new Matrix is about to drop uh, Christmas. If you can, between now and Christmas, watch one through three. Um, they are on. Uh, I have HBO Go. If y'all got it, or like have grandparents who have cable network or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like finesse and like log in because it's it's really good. Um, and yeah, Kojo's statement about just kind of like technology rules the world had me think about the matrix. Um, so both of y'all, uh, speaking of again, the package deal, I don't know if y'all planned this or whatever, but like y'all went and had a study abroad experience in uh, South Korea. Uh, was it in Seoul or like where was it at in South Korea? It was in Seoul. Okay, tough. Um, walk us through why y'all were there um, and yeah, like kind of what you were looking to get out of your experience. Why did you study abroad in the first place? I um I think Manny should start this one. Yeah, that's that's actually a good one because you know the whole package deal thing. It actually wasn't supposed to be like that. That that wasn't the plan. Um, but you know we ended up there either way. Um, I knew I wanted to study abroad from the start, like before I even got to college. I was like, that's something I want to do. Um, there's high impact experiences, all, all that. There's research, all that. But I knew that I just wanted to travel and like get classes towards my degree somehow. I, I just thought that that's, that's ideal. Um, so initially I applied to do the Prague program, the, the summer in Prague program. Yeah. Um, and I got into that one, but it got canceled because of COVID. So then they, they asked the students, they were like, yo, 
we we canceled this we're so sorry um there's only there's only one trip running at this time um if you want we can transfer your application to there um and you can pretty much just apply um no no hassle and pretty much everyone was like nah like it was Prague or, or nothing but i'm like yo i mean is it's I, i'm trying to do something valuable to myself over this summer and it's like Prague, South Korea, like, come on. It's, it's like, both are, both are just actually insane. So I was like, hell yeah, I mean, let's, let's go to Korea. Um, so yeah, they transferred the application over and, and I got into the program. And um, Kojo can tell you about, about the program itself because he knew, he knew about it before, before I did. Yeah, so uh, I know Manny got his, he knew he was going to Prague like at the beginning of spring semester. And then I'm like, okay, I got Roman here next to me. This guy has an Amazon internship. So I'm looking at this here like, what am I doing, bro? Like this summer, I ain't got nothing lined up. <laughs> so um, yeah, same with Manny. Before coming into college, I'm like, without a doubt, I want to study abroad. I want to go somewhere. So I was already planning like, well, I'm planning out internships for like this year, junior year and stuff like that. So if I want to do something, this is the best time to like study abroad this summer, you know, get that full experience. And it's still going to look good on the, re the resume one way or another. So um, I was looking into it. Korea was already a destination that I was really interested in. So I went on our pack abroad site, started looking into some stuff and um, it popped up at a Hanyang university. It's like one of the top engineering universities at, in Korea is what they said. So I looked at the course list and there's like physics too which I'm like, okay, that's at least one course of my major that like, we're just gonna go ahead and get that out the way while <laughs> also getting to be in Korea. Um, and what, there was a, the one I actually ended up taking, it was a social sciences class, um, international relations. So I was planning on doing both of those and slowly but surely because of COVID, the list of classes that were already pre-approved and they were like doing at the, um, at the college during the summer, slowly dwindled down. Physics two gone, but at least I had my other class, so I'm like, I'm still going. So I ended up getting in, uh, getting a confirmation somewhere in mid March or early April, somewhere around there. Uh, and unfortunately for me, um, I just I decided kind of late that I was going to do it, like late February that I was definitely going to go to Korea. So I'd already missed a scholarship deadline and everything. So I thought I was kind of screwed, but um, luckily both for me and Manny. Study abroad came in clutch. It was like one random morning. I didn't even like felt scholarship application. One Friday morning, they just hit us up like, "Here you go, just have all the money." Like, yeah, um, just, just take it, bro. Yeah, because since it was the only program running at the time, um, the only one that they hadn't canceled for for the summer, like they have to get rid of their funds by the dead, like by the end of the summer. So it's like pretty much everyone that went to Korea got their whole program funded. Um, yeah. simply because COVID and that, that in itself was, was already like a huge plus. So we were just, we were going to Korea and we were, we were having it paid for and we were taking classes and that's just, that's just a whole, a whole blessing, I think. Yeah. It's so free, bro. That's super plug. So like essentially because everything else got canceled and people, you know, were just like, Hey, I'm not trying to travel. They were able to just funnel all the money to like folks who went on this experience. That's really tight. Um, and kudos to y'all for, for being in that position. Kudos to Manny specifically for, um, you know, not limiting your your scope to to just like one place. Because um, I have heard like I've heard a lot of good things about like the frog one, but also like 
um, I think it's like a super, it's a very sought after um, study abroad experience that like, I think people can't like limit themselves. Um, what was it like being in like, like the pandemic had not just popped up, but like it was like alive and well, right? Like what was that like being in another country in another continent, right? Like just like during this, this such time of uncertainty. Um, yeah. I'll tell you, me, it was, it was tough. I'll say yeah, that and Kojo real. can, Kojo can compliment. Okay. So like, I, I start off with Korea in the first place because I'm like, well, I already kind of want to go here. They got my classes. And like in general, I knew COVID wise, Korea was already kind of safe. Like they're on top of their stuff. So I wasn't necessarily worried about it at first, but my God, the stuff before even getting there, so much pain. Like, uh, it's like usually, um, what is it? Korea's on the, the visa waiver exception for like the US. So usually if you're going for less than three months, you go to Korea with your passport, you don't gotta do none of that. Cause of COVID, they suspended it. So like even before getting there, applying for a visa, probably one of the worst things I've ever done. It was tons of forms, tons of just talking to people that like, obviously didn't want to talk to me and that korean embassy in atlanta <laughs> you would korean think you embassy. could trust a government body but like you simply can't Man. they don't want they don't want to work they don't like you it i sent off my passport in the mail and i was scared for my life uh, it was it was it was that bad that's not an exaggeration like I, I remember looking at like the google reviews and i'm like how can an embassy have one star like it, it, it can't be that bad but it's like like the forms were all outdated. The information simply did not answer your questions. If you called them, well, first of all, they're not going to pick up. Like every single person that was doing the study abroad trip attempted to call. No one got a, no one got an answer. Like I, I called like a random like Tuesday afternoon and I'm like, oh my God, they picked up. And I pick up and I ask my question and they're like, no, no. They, they were so rude. And like they didn't give me a straightforward answer. And I was like, all right you know what, we're just going to mail this. If it gets there, it gets there. Um, the thing was that is like we had to do it because if we didn't, we would have to do the govern government mandated quarantine in South Korea, which was like $2,000. So I was like, either you don't do the visa and you have to pay those 2000 to do govern government mandated or you do the visa and the school arranges your, your quarantine for a little bit less of a price so it's like a little less hassle in the end but you know that that that's like pre-departure um actually getting to korea so like the program itself was four weeks but like everyone everyone kind of agreed like we're gonna get there two weeks before because we have to do a two-week quarantine and you know here quarantine is like you know i'm chilling in my room my parents will bring me a meal whatever like i'll go take a walk um and i'm not doing anyone any harm like the cdc says that's fine um out there man they don't play they don't play we were we were in a hotel we could not leave the room we could not leave the room like for two weeks um the only times we did leave was to hop on a bus to go get a covid test and then hop right back on and go back to the room it was it was not a it was not a good time i'll tell you that i'll tell you that yeah uh it's like we got off the airplane and we're like immediately bombarded with like yo <clears throat> fill out these forms give us all this information who you staying with where you staying at and like uh download this app so you can like 
keep track of your like body temperature or whatever for the two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So like we speak no Korean, of course. And like, I tried, I tried a little bit. I, and I just failed because it's just too hard to be honest. And we get there and they're just like, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? And I'm just like, yo, this is the email they sent me. This is all I got for you. (laughs) So like we hopped around in like the car for like an hour or something like that. Just get into our spot. And then we get, we get there and they just make us fill out some more forms. We have to pay for our quarantine, which I think came around to like $1,200. And like, I'm so glad I got a credit card before we came because like my debit card got declined (laughs) at first. (laughs) So yeah, they just, Threw us in our rooms uh, for two weeks. I I genuinely almost didn't make it. Like the only thing that was keeping me up was the fact that I was gonna be out soon because I know, like the first week, like the first couple of days, I'm like, I got it, I can make it, I can make it. And then, like the second half of that week, I was dead. It was I odd times. Yeah. yeah. So uh, after after the two weeks was up, and like you get into, you get to see like Seoul. Like what was What's Seoul, Korea like? You know, I've only seen it in movies and like all this other stuff. Like, what's the vibe? It's next level, honestly. Um, and that it was, it was kind of weird because you knew that it was supposed to be one of the most densely populated cities in the world, and at times it, it just kind of, it, at times it, it was, but it was like, it was, it was kind of helpful for us as tourists because we'd go to the spots and they'd be like desolate. And I'm like, it's kind of nice, but. In general, um, obviously very different from anything we see over here. It's a, it's a big city, but I I enjoyed the aesthetic of it because it was like modern over here and then the historic side over here and some parts of the city kind of mixed that in. Um, and yeah, it was just a time trying to get accustomed to everything, um, trying to build up the courage, you know, to order something at a restaurant when you don't speak the language. It was It was interesting for sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. There was definitely still a lot of people on the streets, uh, I would say. It was like pretty busy, pretty active, especially on the subways uh, during rush hour. That was pretty terrible. Um, overall, it, it did take a while to adjust, but I actually really enjoyed being there. Uh, food? <laughs> food? Oh my god, bro. Yeah, it was a bit of a struggle at times, especially for like the first week, because we just didn't want to speak to anyone. Because it was like we didn't know what to say on top of the well eventually what happened was um Greg got put on like a level four lockdown which it sounds bad but it's actually not that bad it's just like big areas like the university like we couldn't go to the university class anymore we had to do completely online and um it was something like after six o'clock you can't roam around in groups of more than two two. yeah more than two Mm. on top of all like most places close like around eight so if you didn't get your food before eight, you lost. Like, walk the shame to McDonald's is what we did. Oh, yeah. that's true. Either you eat, sleep, or you go to the McDonald's, which was open 24 hours. So it's yeah. like, man. But overall, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it's like souls like split into like different sections, like different areas with like different names. Uh, we stayed in Dongdaemun, which is actually really nice. It had that like blend of like primitive plus modern. And we stayed in Hotel Sky Park, uh, Kingstown. It was actually really nice. I, I wish more of the facilities were open. Like I know they had like a gym and breakfast in the morning, but that was closed because of COVID. But overall, the place was really nice. Like there was a, there was like a, 
how do I describe it? Like the man, you know what I'm talking about? Like the the thing on the on the wall that like you can turn on. It's like Tom the Oh Tom yeah, the room, the makeup room. Yeah, the Fun. makeup room and all that. Like it it was pretty dope uh staying there. Getting around was actually also pretty free because Subway just goes literally everywhere. And that's that's uh, another thing with with Seoul and um, with Korea in general. Like they're so like ahead of the curve in terms of technology. Kind of wrapping it back around to what Kojo was talking about. There at some point, I know they had like a technology revolution. So it's like everyone you see, they have a smartphone, and everything is just so techy. So we just hop on the on the app for the subway, and it would literally tell us where to go and how to get there. So transportation, honestly, was was pretty easy. Um, and then going back to Seoul itself, like this is a city with like almost ten million people um, in it. So it's like to me, the way I saw it and the way I experienced it is like it was at least ten different cities within one city. And every single city was unique and different, or like every single sector was unique. So it's like you felt like you were in a different city every day, and there was like so much to do. Um, I would, I would honestly go back because um, I feel like there were things that that I left um, yeah. undone. Did y'all feel? Um, and this isn't a question I prepared for you all, but like being in America, like and like we can just look at Raleigh specifically, mm-hmm. like. It's a pretty, it's more diverse than Seoul, Korea, right? I imagine. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what did, what was that like? Like, not, like, being very different in comparison to, like, right. literally everyone else. Yeah. Um, definitely got some weird looks, honestly. For real. It's, uh, and it's something that, like, it has to be discussed because you, you do need to, you do need to talk about it with students when, when they're, when they're planning on going to these, these places that have, like, values that are so different and the people are just different um so i know personally like you hop on the subway and it's like they simply like if you if you find a place to sit down um and you and you sit there right and then another spot opens up like they will move to that spot just just to not be <laughs> just to not be sitting next to you um that was definitely a little weird but out and out it's like so many people in the city like they were just minding their own business so in general i think i was more i was just hyper aware of the fact that i look different from everyone else um so yeah that's kind of what i experienced um at least for me yeah i was probably definitely hyper aware that kind of played a part into it like how i felt because like i felt really alienated and out of place like most of the time like i know i'd be walking around and definitely i got like people staring at me just just looking at me for what uh like i know there was a time many went to busan i didn't end up going but i went out to go get to like go get food um and like there was like a mom with her kids and like her kids were like pointing at me bro like i i was not having a good time Mm -hmm. because i just felt so out of place like i know the thing with the subway I wouldn't even, I would sit down. I wouldn't be right next to someone. And like, there would be ladies, like a seat down for me. They'd move their purses to the other side, like immediately, or like start clutching it closer. And it's just like, I get it. I, I'm already American, but I'm black. So I know like, it, yeah, they generally did not like me there. And I felt really out of place. I know it, it wasn't everybody. I'm not going to say it's everybody. Definitely like the old people. They, they hated me. But like people around my age, they, um, 
they were definitely mostly chill, but of course there were some things here and there. Like, oh my god, in the stores, we definitely did a ton of shopping. In oh, the yeah. store, there'd be. I know, I know it's like a thing in their culture where when we go in the store, they're they're literally just someone following you. They're just following you, like around wherever you go. And I know there's a thing with them there. It's like they want to be attentive to their customers, so they always have someone with you to support you. But there's definitely at times where I'd be going with like Manny or like someone else, and we go in the store and we go in different directions, and dudes follow me but not them. Mm-hmm. And like when that stuff would happen, I would just leave the store immediately because I can't be having it. It it just makes me feel yeah. so out of place having someone following you around wherever you go cause it, just because they think you're gonna do something, but. Yeah, definitely ruined the experience for me at times. And it's crazy to think that, like, like, I mean, that happens in America, right? But, like, for mm-hmm. for similar reasons um, that aren't justified by any means. Uh, but, like, the messaging about, like, different people in, like, places that aren't America, just, like, what does that look like? And, like, what information are they consuming that... Mm-hmm. Uh, that creates these like preconceived notions um, in a place that they're also not having like the same conversations that we are. And like, we're still like in a struggling place, right? Like for us to like still be in the place that we are um, and people are still like following like folks in stores or just like crossing the street. Like when, you know, like if you're on the same side of like the sidewalk or whatever, like, and that's just people here. If you're in this place where like everyone's kind of like the same um, at least from like a, a racial identity standpoint, like how does that, like just how does that work? You know what I'm saying? And just like how do they, how does how does experiencing difference, like I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts, but I'm glad that y'all, yeah. I'm glad that y'all are okay. You know, like safe yeah. and stuff like that. Because that's I mean, yeah, yeah. I wasn't afraid they weren't going to do anything to me because like definitely they're just subtle with it. They're not going to like come up to me and just like tell me screw you. But yeah, I definitely did feel like way more out of place than like anyone else. Like I know someone else who came to the program with us, like Jed, uh, he goes mm-hmm. here. Like when he puts on his mask, I'm pretty sure everyone there just assumed he was Korean. So mm-hmm. whenever we were with him and like they didn't know what to say to us, they go up to him and just speak Korean. He's just like, yeah, I, I don't know what you're saying either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he already said, this is the best I've ever been treated anywhere. <laughs> where like I'm on the other side of the spectrum where right. it's like, I feel so out of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real. And that was funny on your ambassador video when you're like, he was like, Yeah, I'm not even Korean. Like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm just in the video. Yeah. Um, no, we had, we had fun with that video. I'm not even going to lie. That's good. Um, so, to wrap up the conversation, y'all have kind of already like slid in some advice here and there. Um, what would you, um, what advice, feedback, recommendation would you give to? students um good nights who are interested in studying abroad um you know whether it be like engaging across differences finessing funds picking programs like whatever um, whatever advice you would give um probably a big thing is you got to do your research you got to be prepared um you can't just wake up one morning and 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 decide to go um like right off the bat because there's a lot of things that go into it um you got to do the course pre-approval form you got to if you don't have a passport, you got to plan for that. So definitely I'd say be prepared um, to make that commitment um, because after you do all that preparation stuff, it, then comes the fun stuff. So that's, that's the first step. That's the first thing you got to do. And 
I guess in terms of my my story, just be open. Like you're in you're in college once um, for undergrad. Um, you have these opportunities available to you. Be open to them. You know, always always have have those options in mind. Um, even if it's not somewhere that's like your top place to go, um, it's going to be a valuable experience regardless of where you go. So I think those are those are my two two top things. Um, for me personally, <clears throat> probably the best thing I can say is just like, of course, be prepared, but just just go for it. I know there's a lot of people who are looking into it and like they're on the fence or like doubting whether they should do it or not. Like, just do it. It's like when you do it, go through everything, do it. You'll definitely like you'll have fun. It'll be like a life changing experience, one might say. So like if you're on the fence, it's probably if you can, it's always worth it to just go for it. Like. Um, I know right now, me, Manny, and Roman were looking at going to Iceland for spring break. And it wasn't just going to be us three. Like, there's definitely my other friends out there that I'm like, yo, if we went to Iceland together, this would be dope. But what happens was when I'm talking to them, they, they hand themselves the L before, like, they really look mm-hmm. into it, you know? It's like, yo, I'm not going to have the money. If I don't get the money, I just wasted my time. I just always feel like it's important to, like, just make an attempt for these things because, you can end up getting it, you know, everything might just fall into place and you'll just have like a really good time. So don't count yourself out before you do these kind of things. Like give it a chance before you decide anything for yourself. Yeah. I think that, uh, that, that just go for it. Like a lot of people like sleep on like opportunity, like write themselves off before like they even like get a chance to money is oftentimes a big thing. Like I get it for like travel and stuff, but like, like, I really believe in, like, investing in experiences, you know, above anything else. Like, I'll invest in, like, a nice meal and I'll invest in some travel, right? Um, and, like, those are, like, the two main things where, like, if I want to save up and, like, actually save and, like, do it incrementally where you're not, like, $1,000 seems steep. Like, if you got to get it, like, tomorrow, but, like, $1,000 over the course of, like, you know, like, eight, nine months or whatever. And, like, you're just kind of, like, planning this out, like, can definitely be a game changer. So, um, glad that you had a good experience. Um, glad that y'all are thinking about continuing on your travels. Um, big fan of international moves. Um, yeah, and I'm glad that y'all were on the podcast. Appreciate y'all so much for for joining us. Yeah, yeah appreciate no problem, man. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed our conversation and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe and give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening on. If you're a prospective student and want to learn more about the Goodnight Scholars program, shoot us an email at goodnightscholarship at ncsu.edu so we can answer your questions. And remember, no matter what time of day you're listening in, we always hope that you have a good night. I'm Anthony O'Leary Wright. Peace out.